You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, grab your sermon notes if you would. Look with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. What we've discovered so far in this kingdom series is that we are citizens of God's kingdom and we're representing His kingdom on this earth. Last week we kind of made the transition from may your kingdom come to the second part of Jesus' prayer, may your will be done. So if you can think of it like this this morning, we're here for a short amount of time and we get to enjoy God's goods while we're here on this earth. Short amount of time. Maybe 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. I, I did a funeral uh, last week for someone who was 98, so their lifespan was maybe a little longer. But what we all know is that we're just kind of passing through, right? So we're temporary residents, and um, we get to enjoy God's goods while we're here on this earth. And because we're subjects of the king, and we're using his goods, we should be concerned about his will. What's God's will concerning his goods? And looking back again to the prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed these words, May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, your will, not my will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what's God's will? Yeah, I believe we have to look to God's word if we want to discover his will. God's will is, is revealed in his word. This has a lot to say about different areas of our lives. In other words, God didn't just leave us on, on our own to discover His will. He's revealed His will to us. And one of the areas that's clearly revealed is that we have a response, that we have a responsibility for is stewardship. And that's what we want to focus on this morning. Talking about God, your will being done where? In stewardship. In the stewardship of your life. The stewardship of, of my life. I mean, God is the owner and we are the stewards. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, God's the owner and I'm the manager. Go ahead and tell him. God's the owner and I am the manager. Or we might say it like this. God is the king and we are the subjects who get to manage his goods. God's the king and we're his subjects. Now, a steward is someone entrusted with another's wealth or property and charged with the responsibility of managing it in the owner's best interest. So let's say, for example, that you were leaving on a, on a two-week vacation. So Mark and Amanda, let's say you're going on a two-week vacation, and you call me and you say, hey, will you come to our home, take care of our home while we're away on vacation? Why don't you take care of the house, take care of the plants, and take care of the pets? And I say, okay, I'll be glad to do that. And so I go and I'm staying at Mark and Amanda's home for the two weeks that they're away. And while they're away, I just kind of have this feeling like I don't like the color of the walls in their house. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't move me. And, and not only that, I really don't like their pets. So while they're away on vacation... I decide I'm going to repaint their house the color I want. And I don't like their pets, so I get rid of their pets. Now, when they come back from vacation, because they're gone for two weeks, when they come back from vacation and they discover that I've repainted their house without consulting them, and I got rid of their pets because I didn't like their pets, they're probably not going to be happy. Would you be happy if I repainted your house, got rid of the pets? Yeah, yeah. I have a ferret. If you come to my house, you could get rid of the ferret, and I'd be really happy. 
See, I'm not the owner. They're the owner. And they, they had me there for two weeks. What was I doing? I was managing their goods. Not the owner. I was managing their goods. And so if I'm going to like repaint the house, if I'm going to do something with their pets, then like I should consult them. And so if you think of that analogy, as kingdom citizens, we are stewards or managers of the king's good. In our temporary time on this earth, we have the privilege of stewarding God's goods for his glory and our benefit. In other words, we get to use what God has entrusted us with to serve God, to serve others, and to enjoy. Serve God, serve others, and to enjoy. So God's will is that as kingdom citizens, we're stewarding well what's been entrusted to us in our time on this earth. Now, if you were to go to any cemetery in our community, you would find an abundance of tombstones. We've probably all been to cemeteries. And on each of those tombstones, you're going to find a name, like this identifies who's buried here. You're going to find maybe a saying, and then you're going to find two dates. The first date would be the date of birth. The second date would be the date of death. And then there's this little dash that separates these two dates, date of birth, date of death. And that little dash represents this. It represents the span of someone's life on this earth. But more significant than that, the little dash represents the investment of someone's life. One of these days, you're going to have a little dash. There's going to be a tombstone and a little dash. Here's a great question. What will your dash represent? What will your dash say about the investment of your life? Whatever the answer to that question is hinges on how you steward what God's entrusted to you. Because at the end of the day, how we manage, how we steward what God's entrusted to us really determines and defines the investment of our lives. In God's plan, we're to take his resources and use them in a way that establishes and extends his kingdom, not our own. In other words, we should be consumed with God's kingdom, not building our own kingdom. And that becomes the point of conflict for us, if we're quite honest. We can get lost in building our own kingdom and lose sight of we're not the owners. We're simply the stewards. We're here for a short amount of time and we're managing God's goods. We're stewarding God's goods. Now, certainly we want to enjoy all that God's blessed us with. I'm all for that. Listen, God's blessed, if God's blessed you with goods, then enjoy the goods. Celebrate the goods. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to become so connected to the goods, the stuff, whatever that might look like, that it begins to rule in your life. See, we don't want to forget that God's blessed us to be a blessing. That's one of my favorite statements. You've probably figured that out by now. It's how I close out every service every Sunday and on Monday night, too. If you're wondering, I do it on Monday night, too. Because I believe that God's blessed us as stewards. He's the owner. He's blessed us so that we might then be a blessing to others, that we might be a part of God's plan and his will being done in our world today. Now, now to be faithful stewards, there's a few stewardship principles that you, you must nail down in your life. This is not in your notes, so we're going to call this extra this morning. Here's the first stewardship principle. You've heard me talk about this before, but I think we need to keep coming back to these foundational principles. 
Here's the first stewardship principle that you have to know. God's the owner. He's the owner. He owns it all. Whatever, whatever it is that you have, don't deceive yourself to think that you're the owner because you're not. God is the owner. Matter of fact, I want you to listen how the scripture reads in Psalm chapter 50, verse 10. God says, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that's in it. That kind of covers it all, doesn't it? The world is mine and all that's in it. So, so God is the owner. Here's the second stewardship principle. God does not share his ownership with anyone. See, the challenge for us today is that we begin to think like owners, not stewards. We need to remind ourselves, what, we're stewards. You know, the children of Israel had this same problem. And I want you to listen to what God says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. God says to the children of Israel, he says, You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to pr- produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. But God gives you the ability to produce whatever it is that you have. So God doesn't share his ownership with anyone. When we begin to think like owners, the stuff we gather has the potential to become a God in our lives. That's the point of danger. God's the owner, and he doesn't share his ownership with anyone. Here's the third stewardship principle. As stewards, we are responsible to God for our management of his goods. There's a responsibility, and we're going to see that in the text that we read. But Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says this, So then each of us will have to give an account of himself to God. In other words, what we do with what God has given us really matters. It really matters. So with these principles in mind, I now want to read with you a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25. So think about this. Jesus has the cross just before him. And he tells a series of three parables to illustrate this is what the kingdom looks like. And if you look to Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, before he tells the first parable, we're going to look at the second. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. We want to pick up in verse 14. Jesus says, again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five master. He said, you you see, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. Notice verse 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came, Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. 
Master, he said, I, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, you, you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will be given in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. An amazing story. It's all about stewardship. Now in this parable... That Jesus tells there's the master who's going on a journey. So he calls three of his servants and he entrusts, he entrusts his goods to them that they might manage his goods for a season of time. So from this parable, let me quickly this morning share with you three truths that's critical for us. I think if we're going to understand what it means to see God's will done on the earth. Again, back to, back to Jesus' prayer. He says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, God's kingdom being done on this earth in our community is connected to how you steward what God's entrusted to you. You've got to make that connection this morning. In other words, if you're going to be a part of seeing God's will done on this earth, you have to manage well what God's entrusted to you. For the purpose of not building your kingdom, but the purpose of building God's kingdom. Five truths, really quick. Here's the first one. We've been entrusted with God's gifts of time, talent, and treasure. Three things. Time, talent, and treasure. Within this parable that Jesus told, each of the servants was given talents. And this time, a talent was an amount of money uh, estimated to be somewhere in our economy today of about $1,000. So each of the servant is given, each of the servants is given an amount of money and, and the talent was not theirs to own, but it was theirs to manage for a season. So as we think about this parable, what does the talent represent to us today? I think the talent represents what God's entrusted to us, what he's given into your care in this time and in this season. We've all been given three things, time, talent, and treasure. You know, oftentimes when we think of stewardship, we only think of money. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. Well, we've got to manage the money well. But I would submit to you this morning that the concept of stewardship is much broader than just money. It's really about all of your life. So think about all of your life. Time, talents, and treasure. So we've been entrusted with these three things, and we're to manage them well. So each of us each of us have been given time, right? What we must understand is that how we spend our days shapes the investment of our lives. You've been given time. I've been given time. How am I managing my time? Each of us have 1,440 minutes in a day. We have seven days in a week. We have 52 weeks in a year. Listen, you don't have more time than I have. I don't have more time than you have. We've all been given this gift of time. Here's the question. 
How are you stewarding this gift of time for the establishing of God's kingdom? You know, it's been said, it's been said that what matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. What matters is not how long you live, but how you invest your life while you're, while you're here on this earth. And your donation is directly related to how you steward your time. So understand this. Time is a gift. Whatever your years would be on this earth, it's God's gift to you. How are you using the gift of time to see his will done on this earth? We've also been given talents. We've been given abilities to serve God and serve others. So here's a great question. What abilities has God placed in your life? It would be different probably for all of us. There might be some commonalities, but what gifts, what abilities, what talents has God placed in your life? And he's given you those abilities for a purpose, and as stewards, we want to use our abilities in a way that honors God and extends his kingdom. Listen, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be like the third servant who took his one talent, he dug a hole and hid it, playing it safe, and he didn't use what had been entrusted to him. This is what I know this morning. God's placed ability in your life. He's given you gifts, talents. How are you stewarding those to see God's will done on this earth? Now, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 is an interesting verse of Scripture. Listen to how the Scripture reads. It says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering, or we could say faithfully stewarding God's grace in its various forms. So as you look at this verse, let's break it down. Notice it starts with each one. I would submit to you this morning that includes everyone in the room today. Would you agree with me? Each one includes all of us. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and says, each one includes you. Go ahead and tell him. Each one includes you. So Peter's writing to all of us. Notice what he says next. Should use. In other words, this is a directive. You should be using what God's placed in your life to do what? To serve others. And as you're serving others, you're about God's work. You're about the establishing of his kingdom. And you're faithfully administering. You're faithfully stewarding what God has entrusted to you. Listen, don't take your ability, whatever it is, dig a hole and hide it. No, you should be putting it to work to see God's will done on this earth. So we want to use our abilities, use our abilities to honor God and to serve others. And then here's the third area that we've been blessed in. It's, it's with treasure. We've been given resources to live generously, honoring God and blessing others. You know, what's interesting in this parable that Jesus told is that there's three servants and each of the servants are given differing amounts. Like not everyone's given the same amount. But what was expected, no matter what they received, what was expected was faithful stewardship of that which they had received. You know, the same would be true today. We don't all have equal treasure. Some has more. Some has less. We don't all have equal treasure, but what's expected of the treasure that we have is that we would faithfully steward what God has entrusted to us 
not only for our good, but for the good of God's kingdom. Again, that his will would be done on the earth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. He says, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You'll be rich in every way so that you can take what God's given you in the treasures and you can bless others. It's about seeing God's will done on this earth. So each of us in the room today, even if I don't know your name, even if I've never met you before, this is what I can tell you this morning. God has given you, God the owner has given you, the manager, three things. He's given you time, he's given you talent, and he's given you treasure. And this is what he expects. It's really clear in the scripture. He expects you to be faithful. Faithful, that you would faithfully steward, that you would faithfully manage what he has, what he has placed, what he's blessed you with in your life. See, we want to steward well God's gift to us because what's clear in scripture is that we're going to have to give an account to God for how we've stewarded his goods. Folks, that is a sobering thought. One day, hear me friends, this is so critical. One day, you're going to have to stand before the Creator. You're going to have to stand before the God who's given your life, and you're going to have to give an account for your life. You're going to have to give an account for how you manage the very goods that God placed in your life. What you don't want to do, you don't want to be like the third servant who just hid the talent, who just hid what had been entrusted to him. And what's clear from this parable is that there's an expectation from God the owner to us as stewards. See, a steward is responsible to manage the affairs of the king. And when the king returns, the steward's going to have to give an account of that responsibility. Listen, friends, there's coming a day of reckoning. There's coming a day of accountability. One day, either Jesus is coming back to take us to be with him, or we're going to die and we're going to go to be with him. Either way, either way, there's coming a day of reckoning. As we re- as Jesus told this parable, when the master came back, he called the servants to accountability. What we don't want to do is stand before God and say, I just hid your goods. Or I just wasted what you entrusted to me. Hopefully, hopefully, friend, that's not going to be the statement of your life. May we be found faithful. Faithful. See, faithfulness is the key because as stewards, we'll be rewarded according to our faithfulness in managing God's assets. Our faithfulness. See, the issue for us as kingdom citizens is not about how much we have as it relates to abilities and treasures, but what we do with what we've been given. Looking back to the parable Jesus told, there was, there was a servant that was given five talents and the servant that was given two talents, but And as the servants received the talents, they both went to work and they doubled what they had received. When the master returned and called them to account for what had been entrusted to them, notice notice what he said as recorded in verse 21. And again, same thing in verse 23. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been, what, notice, faithful I gave you a few things and you were faithful. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share 
your master's happiness. What they were rewarded, both the servant who had five that doubled it, the servant had two that doubled it, they were rewarded for their faithfulness. They took what they were given and they managed it with excellence. Faithfulness was rewarded. But for the third servant who hid his talent or wasted his opportunity, interesting, there was not reward, but there was rebuke. Why? Because he was not faithful. This is really a contrast. This parable is a contrast between faithfulness and unfaithfulness. It's a contrast between individuals who are citizens of God's kingdom who take what God's entrusted to them and manage it well versus those who just kind of are lazy in their lives and not faithful. Whether rewarded or rebuked, it had everything to do with faithfulness. Here's a great takeaway from this parable. God will not judge and or reward you based on what you didn't have, but on what you did with what you had. This morning, this is not, we're not going to weigh out, okay, who has the most abilities or who has the most treasure? But what's really important is for you to understand that God's going to hold you accountable for what he's given you. That's about his kingdom being established on this earth. That's why today really matters. That's why tomorrow really matters. If we want to experience reward, then we must steward God's gifts to us well. See, what we don't want to do, excuse me, what we want to do is we want to leverage God's goods for establishing and extending his kingdom on this earth. We want to take what God, the owner, has given us and use it in a way that accomplishes his purpose on this earth. Listen, if you haven't asked the why question recently, you should. Why? Why has God entrusted you with so much? Why? Resources, abilities, the gift of time. Why has God left you here? Why hasn't he taken you? What's your purpose? Why, God, have you left me here? Why have you given me so much goods? Why have you given me talents and and ability? The Apostle Paul answers that question again in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. Listen to how the scripture reads. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God comes right out and tells us why he gives us more resources than we need. And listen, it's not just for us to enjoy. Certainly you should enjoy it. But it's not just for your enjoyment. God has given you, again, resources, abilities. He's granted you time so that you can use those to see his will done on this earth. You know, throughout Scripture... It's interesting, we're called God's servants. And we're told it's required of us that we prove faithful. If you can think of it like this, we're God's errand boys and delivery girls. We don't own the store, we just work in the store, right? 
You know, suppose you have something important that you want to that you want to get to some someone else. So you 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 put it in a box, you get it all wrapped up, and you hand it to the FedEx guy. What what would you think if instead of delivering the package, he took it home and opened it and kept it for himself? You would say, "Hey, that's not right. Like that's not that's not yours. You're just the delivery guy, right? You're just to deliver." The package to the individual that's supposed to receive it. Listen, in the same way, if you can think of it like that, what are we? We're the delivery folks. That God can deliver His goods in and through our lives. And what will matter at the end of our lives is not what we've gained or not what we've gathered, but what we've invested in as we've been busy building God's kingdom. You know, it's been said of our earthly goods that you can't take them with you, but you can send them on ahead. So how do we send them on ahead? Jesus addressed that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, like where moth and rust destroy and with these break in and steal. He says, store, store for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, live with this eternal mind. How do we store up treasures in heaven? I think it's all about managing well what God's entrusted to us. As we're stewarding well, as we're seeing God's will done on earth, what we, we're laying up treasures in heaven. So, so whatever God's blessed you with in relation to time, talent, and treasure, make sure that you're leveraging it for God's work in our world. We want to take what God's blessed us with, and we want to use it again to see His will done on the earth. And what we must understand is that the management of our temporary time on earth is shaping what we'll experience in eternity. Here is shaping later. Here, now, is shaping eternity. Now, let me be clear. I don't want to be misunderstood in this. How we get to heaven is only through the provision of Jesus Christ. We're all saved the same way. How did we come into salvation? By believing that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who was crucified and resurrected. Each one of us, every one of us, are saved by grace through faith, right? So how we get to heaven is only through Christ's provision. Listen, you can't save yourself. Only through Christ. So how we get to heaven is the same for everyone. But what we're going to experience in heaven I believe is determined by how we steward God's goods while we're here on this earth. In other words, what you're doing now, again, is shaping, is shaping your eternity. If you look back to the parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, you'll discover that the two servants who were faithful were rewarded. And again, listen to, listen to how the scripture reads. Verse 21 says, you've been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Both of the servants who were faithful received the same commendation. And I believe that the reward for faithfulness and stewardship that Jesus speaks of here was not just in the temporary. I believe he was also speaking of the eternal. So you've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of, of many things. So as we think of stewardship today, of what God's entrusted to us, we have to know that the present is shaping the future. The temporary existence called life is shaping what we'll experience in God's future kingdom. In God's future kingdom, listen, we're not just going to be floating around on clouds strumming harps. 
for all eternity. I know sometimes that's the mental image you get when you think about heaven. We're just, you know, we, we all have wings like angels, whatever that means, and we're floating around on a cloud, and we're all just strumming our harps for eternity. Like, who would want to do that? That's not the picture that Scripture gives us. The picture that Scripture gives us is that God's kingdom is a kingdom that's going to be established in righteousness. It's going to be a righteous kingdom, and we, as followers of Christ, are going to be a part of that kingdom. And there's going to be differing levels of assignment. Get this, your future assignment is based on your present management. Because Scripture makes this very clear. There are going to be differing levels of authority and positions. Listen, we're going to get to work throughout eternity, but it's going to be a work that we love so much. It's like getting up every day and going fishing. Wouldn't you like to have a job where you get paid to go fishing every day? And I, I think that would be the greatest job. I mean, it's kind of like that. You know, sometimes we think about, I'm going to have to work in heaven. Like, why would I want to go to heaven and work? Listen, it's going to be a work that's going to be so delightful. And so joy-filling. Why? Because you're a part of an everlasting kingdom based on the rises. And there's not the presence of sin. There's not the presence of evil. And in that, hear me, in that kingdom, in that kingdom, your, your role and your responsibility is connected to, again, your stewardship today. That's why I say this present time is shaping your future experience. So we want to steward well. We want to manage well to see God's will done on this earth. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 is a great charge and challenge for us. It's on the screen. So let's read this together. Would you read this with me? Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor to the Lord is not in vain. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And that's all about stewarding well, managing well. God's the owner. You have the privilege of being the steward. What are we doing? We're here for a limited amount of time, and we get to manage God's goods. We want to manage His goods in such a way that we're seeing His work and His will being done on this earth. We want to be focused on building God's kingdom, not our own kingdom. And when the day comes, then that we have to give an account of our lives. May we hear our master say, well done. Really simple, well done. A good and faithful servant. Well done. Because we've managed well God's goods. So may we live as faithful stewards. Listen, don't get it confused. You're not the owner. Don't hold on to it too tight. Certainly don't worship it. What? You're not the owner. You're simply managing God's goods. And in that, may we be found faithful. This morning as we conclude, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. Do we have that prayer on the screen? guess not the prayer is this let me read it to you because i don't want, i don't want to trick you if you don't want to pray the prayer I, i'm certainly not going to twist your arm and manipulate you to say the prayer so, so here it is 
Lord, you are my first and my time, my talents, and my treasure. Help me to make your kingdom agenda my agenda. And help me to make an eternal difference for you. Really simple. God, help me to use it well for your glory, for your kingdom. And in that, what are we going to discover? We're going to discover that of God's bounty coming into our lives. Listen, I I truly believe that God simply wants us to be conduits of his goodness. He wants to flow his goods through us. Simply as we're managing well his goods. This is what I've come to discover as we manage his goods well, this thing of time, talent, and treasure. Um, He flows more through our lives. Because he's looking for individuals who will be faithful. So that he can see his kingdom established through your life. So I'm going to ask if you would, bow your heads with me this morning. And as I lead you in this prayer, if you would say, that's me. I want want to see God's will done on this earth as I manage his goods well. So if you're not interested in that, then don't say the prayer. Okay? But if you would say, "That's, that's my heart's desire. I want to take all that God's blessed me with and use it for his glory. To use it to see his will being done on this earth then I invite you to say this prayer with me. Lord, you are first in my time, my talents, and my treasure. Help me to make your kingdom agenda my agenda. And help me make an eternal difference for you. May your kingdom come May your will be done in my life. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.